finally to another episode of the Gearwell Podcast. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm with like, my good buddies, Keith and Alfred Alfred Beltry. Hey yes, guys, sir. We are fresh off um, uh, some exciting times in the Summer League for, well, uh, Elkins' team and my team. Uh, not as much. I guess, Ethan, you know, Jovic did something, um, but, you know... We're we're not here to get tons into that right now. We 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 talked about some trades last week, and and now we just want to talk about free agency, kind of the kind of the what happened, moves we liked, moves we didn't quite care for. Um, give some analysis. Do do like a little overview of 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 the league and what happened. And guys, uh, how are you and are you ready for it? Oh, I'm excited. I'm just ready to run through things pretty rapid fire like, talk about moves and tr- teams and trades. It's it's fun to like see the names that we're familiar with again. You know, watching summer league's really cool if you have the youths to watch. You know, if you have a Jalen yes. Duran and a or a Keegan Murray hitting game winners, like those kinds of things, that's very fun. Game tires, game tires. Okay, whatever. Um They lost in overtime. Double overtime. But but <laughs> the uh it's not as much fun when you're, you're you're trying to figure out well, which one of these do we think is the next Duncan Robinson or Max Struess. It's a little bit harder in that department. So I'm excited to talk about some guys that uh, everyone listening has some familiarity with as as well as us. That's fair. That's fair. I myself am excited to see, uh, as we know, basketball is a soap opera that now goes around year round. And one of the most popular times is definitely July, where everyone or a bunch of people decide to go to different places and somehow teams never really get fined for ta- I shouldn't say never get fined for tampering. The Knicks did get in a little bit of trouble, let's be honest. They got into a little 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 tiny bit of trouble. But besides that, we all know that deals are somehow miraculously as that six that six o'clock clock starts, apparently everyone's already met somehow. But they shouldn't have met. I don't know how it happened. I don't know I don't know how Shams can can uh, type that fast. Um <clears throat> moving on let's go ahead and talk about Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, it, would, it would appear. Um, uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, get to it. Shall we go in alphabetical order? Yes. Just, just from the top. Just okay. So so we're gonna go ahead and start with Atlanta. Uh, I'm gonna, Ethan. Can can you go ahead and just uh, share what Atlanta did and uh, your thoughts? Yes, I will. So Atlanta, they got Deontay Murray in the trade, gave up three first round picks to do it. Moved out Kevin Herter for Justin Holiday more Har- and Mo Harkless. Honestly. A little sad to see Herter be done with Atlanta just because he's kind of a fun little complimentary piece for our boy. But in the end of the day, we're we're pretty happy to see um, Murray make his way to Atlanta. Me personally, I actually advocated for this kind of trade around last year's draft and offseason, um, thinking that Murray was a great fit with, with Trey Young. They obviously think the same thing. And I think if they would have made the year the trade a year before he became a fringe all-star, they might have been able to do it for a little less scratch. So three first-round picks out. But I think Deontay Murray's a great fit for Trey. I think he fixes a lot of their second-unit woes as he did a lot with a little in a San Antonio last year. And I think if him and Trey can both work on their off ball game, which is important for any young guards growth, I really like where this team can go. Um, there are other minimum signings. I see Aaron holiday and Frank Kaminsky here. Sure. Fine. Those are guys who you put on the court and not be embarrassed by their existence. Obviously Richard saw Frank Kaminsky score like 80 points in a game last year. So obviously this is, this is good stuff for everyone. Um, and as, as long as Justin and Mo are on the team, I wouldn't be surprised if they can't be aggregated in, in trades for a while. But 
I would not be surprised if either one of those guys are moved on to another location for other hodgepodge pieces, just trying to fill out the roster um, best for Trey Young as the season goes along. It's kind of weird because, like, there's also, like, kind of the expectation of, oh, is Capella going to get moved? Is John Collins going to get moved? Uh, and then the Gobert thing happens. Like, ooh, well, that was that seemed to be kind of one that made a little bit of sense. Um, but, yeah, Murray coming in, we'll just see. We'll try to go off ball if he does. I think it, I think it looks pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, Aaron Holiday, obviously, like you mentioned, coming in and being competent. That was, like, the DeLon Wright last year. Um and so uh, that seems to be the, the, the attempt replacement. Or you know, maybe they're just really trying to get Drew Holiday to come in um, the next time he's a free agency. I don't know. Uh, get, get all the brothers together. Perhaps. Moving along to, uh, to Boston here. I was going to pitch this to Elkin, but he's been moving around a little bit here in our, in our camera. Um, obviously, the Brogdon trade's the big deal. And uh, they did basically resign a couple people. Plenty of spots left on the roster, but the Malcolm Brogdon trade, Elkin. Where were where are we at with that man and his uh, loving to shoot no no passing till he's in until he's trapped up. Uh, I know with him, one of the issues that they saw. I mean, as far as playmaking and creating was, Ethan brought it up, and I would see this in many games was that, yes, he did have the capability to score. He's a very capable scorer, and uh, um, he actually was pretty good three-point shooter as well. It's just the problem is, when you trust him to be the playmaker, it's a lot of dribbling. Like many Pacers games, I got to go to a few of them, it was him just dribbling around. And you guys have seen that. I think you guys have seen him pick up the one guy who just like dribbles back and forth across the three-point line, and they're like, you're going horizontally, sir. We're not going uphill or anything like that. And that's what happened a few times. Maybe it could be the Pacers personnel where they ask them to do more in that role. Because let's be honest, we didn't really have much um, creators on the ball. I mean, it's pretty much like Brogdon, TJ Ward have it out for a little bit. When they got Halliburton, you could see more of him like being more of that creator. And it could be that maybe he does need that role in the Celtics. I would be interested where he where they put him in that lineup, though. That's one thing I'm looking at. And I don't know if you guys already discussed that. Um, I think it's going to be and like that's what I'm thinking, and they probably, honestly, I'm gonna tell you this, they probably need to do that because I've seen from Milwaukee to Indiana, if he gets too much run, that's when he breaks down. He breaks down a lot, and this is a guy. If he stays, he could be a solid bench guy if he stays healthy. Like I would, like if he's coming off your bench as like your sixth guy, I'd rather have him than the other options they had at guard coming off the bench. I I just love the versatility that that him going to Boston brings to their whole lineup, they can play big, they can play small, right? You have the you have the ability to do that. You you can get people rest um, throughout the year and, you know, not really l- lose a bunch. I think this team's going to be really good in the regular season in particular, and we, and we know how far they went um, uh, in the postseason. You know, obviously Chris Middleton going down um, was, was a helpful thing, but hey, they, they, they made it to where they made it, and um, I think it keeps them right there uh, at the top. Gallo for the minimum. Yeah, he's there. Um, but they have four roster spots. So we were mentioning this um, that, that are available. Um, and uh, I don't know. There might be a couple of guys out there that we could that, that could be helpful. But um, I don't think that they're done. I think they're waiting for, uh, you know, is anything going to happen with, with uh, this next team that we'll talk about? 
um, with, with in, in Brooklyn. But Ethan, any, any final things with, with, with Boston? Just a quick thing. It's like he's a career 37.6 three-point shooter. He has a career two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. And that hasn't – that's been – that stayed very consistent with his um, increase in, in, in roles – um, volume of like usage, all those kinds of things. Like he's just been a really consistent guy. Like last year was a down year for three, shot 31%. He, his first year in Indiana had a down year, but he shot over 40% twice as a buck and shot 38% the other two years. Like he's a good shooter. And I imagine at, if he gets to where he's more of a spot up guy, I have a feeling those percentages um, climb pretty, pretty healthily. Um, scary thing. Cause if he, if he stays healthy, this is another, like, you know, never pry an all-star true conversation but this is the kind of guy who could could threaten an all-star game as a, a one of the leads for a team in like in a weaker conference so like you're you're talking about adding that to the boston celtics um instead of playing peyton pritchard like you're that's pretty good yeah um yep gotta love it uh brooklyn obviously we have the kd Kyrie trade kind of in limbo holding hostage the rest of their well, holding hostage the whole league, if we're being honest. And um, the weird Royce O'Neal trade, the timing of that, you know, we mentioned that last week. Um, but that is, it's just the way that they've approached it since then. It's like, yeah, all that's happening, but they kind of need to, you know, we, we got to make sure we figure out the rest of the roster, regardless of how it goes. Um, you know, Patty Mills coming back, uh, two years, $14.5 million. Seems like it's, hey, you know, uh, we need someone who Ben Simmons likes on the team. Maybe we can maybe we can get Ben Simmons back and playing well. Um, uh, TJ Warren signing him from the minimum. Uh, he got his procedure done, I believe, by whoever the Brooklyn doctors are. So they kind of know his situation probably better than any team outside of Indiana, or maybe better than Indiana. Who knows? Um, he did seem to be liking them that much. Uh, we've got Nick Nick Claxton re-signing two years, 17-ish uh, million dollars. And uh, that was, that happened, that was kind of weird um, because they, it was rumored that they might be looking to trade him at last deadline. And then, oh, well, you know, Suns trade would, in theory, bring DeAndre Ayton in. So what happens there? I don't know. Um, and, uh, but they brought him back in. Hey, uh, Evan Sumner, Nice. Yep. Hope our boy Edmund's healthy. Um, I don't think he, I think he's is one of the worst fits a team he could be on. Um, considering that he's a pretty drive dominant guard without much of a jump shot. Um, last we saw him, maybe he's gotten a lot better as he's rec- been recovering from, I can't remember. I think it was an ACL that he, he tore. Um, so maybe he's just been working on that jump shot and he's, he's getting that dialed, but not a perfect fit with Ben Simmons, but I guess any minutes that Ben Simmons doesn't play, if we're not talking about a Kyrie or KD being on the court, Edmund Sumner's a guy who I do think can push you in transition and get things cooking. It's fun. Um, I was just a little surprised to see Nick Claxton get less money than Mo Bamba. I know that Mo Bamba was a higher rated pick, and I guess he has the stretch component to his game, but gosh, I've just seen so much more good basketball from Nick Claxton in a year less time. I'm just always, I'm just very surprised that this man couldn't get a little bit more scratch. Well, I think, I think it also, uh, first of all, so some are coming back from an Achilles uh, injury. So less great, less great. Um, But uh, as far as these guys, it's kind of similar to, I think what we have with the Martin twins. Um, uh, Now Miami was literally hampered with what they could offer him. Like they, they offered him as much as they possibly could for Caleb. Um, 
But you look at a team like Brooklyn, who right now is well above the tax, it's, uh, you know, we're going to retain you. You're a restricted free agent, and so we're going to squeeze a little bit. Whereas Orlando, it's, yeah, let's throw money out there. We're, we're, we're not hitting the tax, and, um, and, and so who knows uh, how, how it'll go. But um, that, that looks like, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes for, for, for Brooklyn. Um, uh, Elkin, we will see you later. Sounds good, fellas. And we're going to get to Charlotte. Just resigning Cody Martin for $31 million four years. Honestly, I think he's the kind of guy who has a lot of growth potential to his game. Obviously, I like his brother um, down in Miami pretty well. Um, Cody's a good player. He's not as good a shooter as Caleb, which is kind of problematic because Caleb could use some some better shooting skills as well. Um, but both of them, I'd say very competent to be players. Um, it's kind of funny to see these two be the twins that are finally sticking in the NBA after coming to the Hornets, not the Harrison twins out of uh, Kentucky all those years ago. But um, I can't can't say I didn't tell you so because I never thought the Harrison twins were going to be particularly good. Steve Clifford also uh, coming back. Very, <laughs> very weird. But, hey, um, you know, Steve Clifford, I think everyone in the world would agree that he is a very competent head coach and he gets things the way he wants them. Are we mm-hmm. sure the, the way he wants them is the best way to get to winning in the NBA yet to be seen? The, the Charlotte Bobcats under Steve Clifford, I think, made a lot of good proper progressions with a very outdated way of playing by now. Um, but Kimba Walker made a lot of growth under Steve Clifford. And whether that's Steve Clifford or a, a player development coach, um, there is a trend line with a young guard making progress over years. So hopefully we see a similar growth out of Mel Ball and this team stays very fun. And, you know, of course, the elephant in the room with Miles um, Bridges and all that stuff, rumored that they, they might pull the qualifying offer, and, and you know, that, 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 that's fine. We'll, we'll see how that – I don't know how that will go. Um, but uh, I'll just say, not the best offseason in Charlotte. Uh, it seems to have gone very poorly. Um, yeah. Chicago Bulls. Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Um, there was a time where it was like, hey, are we going re- to bring back Zach Levine? It looks like he might be exploring some sign-in trades. Can we do- nope, he's back. Um, five years, $215 million. Uh, and then bringing Andre Drummond in uh, to be the backup center, which which makes uh, – th- there are parts that make sense, parts that don't make sense. Um, Derek Jones Jr., bringing him back, uh, and Goran Dragic bringing him in. It just Some of these moves have not seemed to make tons of sense. Like – uh, Andre Drummond, his ability to pass and facilitate um, from the high post, uh, you know, okay, but that can get you into trouble too sometimes. Um, he's, I think, a competent backup, but I, I just, I don't know. I just wonder why, um, uh, why that's the move. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it seems a little bit weird to me. Um, they seem to be in the running for. Um, uh, Gobert until the price was definitely outside of their price range. Um, Goran Dragic makes no sense to me. You have a million, uh, million guards here, and it just it, it, you feel like Kobe White's probably on the way out. I don't know. Um, it just it, this off season, like getting Zach Levine back, is huge. But outside of that, it's just been kind of weird. And I agree with that. I think the uh, I think the Andre Drummond. Tr- signing makes a lot of sense to me and this is why i think 
he is a really great backup and I think you could do some back and forth end of game stuff with offense defense with him and Vucevic because Vucevic he's okay defensively he can hold up most of the regular season and I'm not saying Drummond is like this great um, playoff performer or anything like that he just had so few opportunities and the one time it was it was with the Lakers team that was very dysfunctional um, but I think he can give you um, and provide some help for when you don't have as much Alonzo Ball or as much Alex Caruso on the court. I think he's just a little bit more of a help defender that can help the defense not be so bad or help the offense, you know, have that like little bit of a center hub to just kind of throw in, throw out, throw in, throw out. I think him and um, Goran Dragic could have a pretty, pretty healthy little high, high um, top of the key offense handoff game. Um, and, and that could be a way to get him those two going. You're right, though. I think the Goran Dragic signing, despite I think it's a, not a bad fit with him specifically for a bench unit, it does make a lot of sense when you're talking about a Kobe White, Caruso, Levine, Tasumu, Lonzo Ball. Um, Dalen Terry now there. Too. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys who are going to need developmental minutes, and Goran Dragic is the kind of guy who you know exactly what he is. Like I, I, everyone would have thought he'd be back in Miami or going to the Mavericks. Those are the two teams yeah. that everyone thought made the most sense. And I'm surprised that Chicago is the, the landing zone, but you know, happy for him to still be getting a check. Um, I, I just, I just don't think this team's very, they, I don't think they got any better. They just, they retained what they had to have to be good still. The way they get better is just by staying healthy. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Zach Levine stays healthy all of last year. I don't think this team's as quiet of an out for Milwaukee in the first round. And they obviously could have got a better round. They could have got like a, 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 I said, they went out really quietly. Whereas like they could maybe could have had a, a, a game or two that like kind of struck some fear into people, but they also just got a horrible matchup. Like Milwaukee's perfect. When you're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo, like they don't have a big to do anything with him and they still don't. Yeah. Um, Cleveland, uh, what in gave, you know, Darius Garland, that extension, um, basically, Max, uh, you know, one ninety five year, 192. I don't know if he has the language of, uh, my guess is he might have the Rose rule, uh, you know, language where, you know, if he hit, if he makes a all NBA team or something like that, maybe you bump it up. Most, most of these guys who get that max extension, get that, um, uh, like John Morant has that in his, we'll talk about that soon. Um, but Raul Neto, bringing him in for the minimum. Robin Lopez, minimum. Those don't, those don't really get me that excited. But hey, glad Ricky Rubio is coming back for on a multi-year deal. Um, and uh, he was really helpful for them. They went and tried to get Rondo uh, when he went down, and it just didn't work as well. Um, but, you know, I think that they'll be, once he's able to be back, I don't know when that's going to be, um, but I, I think that will be a, a pretty helpful thing. And they still have Colin Sexton just sitting there as a restricted free agent. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, I, I don't know. It might be a. It might be a. Hey, I'm already coming off of injury. Maybe I don't know. It feels a little risky to him playing on the qualifying offer, but yeah. um, something will have to happen with that this off season, later on, and and when it does, we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out then. Yeah, uh, Colin Sexton is just a guy you you know he can contribute. You know he can play. But they, they do have a pretty full guard room now, and I, I'm going to be very, very curious to see if there's any way that they can 
solidify like a sign and trade with anyone. Like it's just going to be so hard. And, and also obviously the ownership has to be okay with paying some good scratch. If there's any team that's like, Hey, we'll give something up to be able to pay him. We just don't have the cap space. There, there's still that option out there. I would believe. I want to say that uh, his agent is calling Indiana and uh, San Antonio just nonstop. Just well, San Antonio over, over, just over drafted again. all their guards, so they're, uh, I would say, less likely. Plus, they are all so, about so, Victor. So, so, so did Indiana. So and they Indiana. have Tyrese, so Tyrese Halliburton as well. You know, Mathurin, like if, if they wanted to if, – if, I, I, I don't want Colin Sexton for the long term. I, think. I wish – I would love to have seen Colin Sexton play for the Heat when it came down to how bad Kyle Lowry was for certain stretches. But that's not that's not a sustainable model for for our boys. Yeah, excited to see O'Shea and how he plays. I don't think he can shoot. I know the numbers say he can. I just don't like his shot. But I'm excited to see them add another healthy wing via the draft to uh, get into that rotation. And maybe if he can shoot, like I think his shot's broken. But if he can, it'll be interesting to see that they uh, have a, a three that can shoot. Didn't have many of those last year. Oh yeah, Monty. Um. Let's uh, let's go to Dallas. Christian Wood trade. Um, thought that was yeah. You know, we talked about that already here on the pod. That was fine. And uh, but then you bring in Javale McGee, and it's like all right. Well, I guess we're gonna. I mean, it seems as though Javale someone on basically a three year deal with a player option near the end. Um, and the the discussion is, oh, you you have a starting role, Javale. Um, I think that was the that was the word of the street that he's coming in having you know that was like the one of the reasons why he's going to Dallas and say like, all right so I guess we're going Javale I I just don't know how that works I don't know how that, how you make that work with it with a conference finals roster where you're bringing in two bigs and Christian Woods definitely wanting to start but then Max Kleber where do you where do you go with him um, Powell can send to the bench that's fine. Uh, better, better for him there. But like Cleaver, what do you do with him? You got Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back, and so it's just kind of a weird, weird thing up front. I'm curious to see how that shakes out. But then the Jalen Brunson, just you know, what are you gonna do though? I mean, you made a mistake a year ago, and you know throughout throughout the season, and and you know that that that's on you. But once you got to that point, <laughs> not much you can do about it. Yeah, and you, you did the right thing by getting Spencer Dimwitty in here as kind of like your insurance policy for that exit. And I think, you know, the best the best course of action for this team is going to be starting Luka, uh, Bullock, and Hardaway if Hardaway is healthy enough to start this season. Just put as much shooting out there as possible. I, I would not start JaVale McGee. I would probably go Kleba and Wood to start because I think both those guys just a little bit fleeter of foot, a little less mistake prone defensively. Um, Christian Wood probably doesn't have the, the, the rim protecting upside, but I, I just like the little bit more fleet of foot um, aspect of his game. Uh, I think I, what happens is Kaliber comes off the bench and he finishes games and JaVale doesn't. Like I, I think that's, that's probably like the way that they deal with the politics of it, you know, Wood and, mcgee out there but it's just not i don't love it well the funny thing is like if you're gonna play mcgee i'd almost rather just throw out bertans and say here's three lasers to play with with luca and here's your rim runner you know like that's a lineup i would look forward to seeing out there to be honest with you is hardaway jr bullock bertans and then insert wood or um mcgee 
because all of a sudden you're having so much shooting or a perfect rim roller for Luca. Like that's a really fun offensive lineup. Can they stop anyone? We'll, we'll always have to find out. It's always going to be in question. We're talking about Luca being on the court in general because he's not a steady defender. But point being, oh, also I just refer to I haven't even mentioned Dorian Finney-Smith, who's just made improvements every year he's been yes. in the league for this team, and they're like kind of going to be pushing him out somewhere because he should be starting at the four with whoever else like this is such a crazy thing they're doing the right thing with the size having a bunch of six six and six seven and then a bunch of six ten guys but yeah i feel like they're just not it's not something's not clicking it because i just forgot about dorian finney smith well it's gonna be one of those things and yet you're not really much about dimwitty and and it's like it's gonna be one of those things where like you have it's a good problem to have having a lot of good players or a lot of players that um, you know, would expect playing time. Um, but the problem is they're all expecting playing time. And uh, how, how do you manage that? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, in theory, they've got a lot of options, but these kids got to make those decisions um, and make the right ones. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And he, um, to be yeah, fair, made a lot of improvements from coaching from his first stop to his second. So. Uh, for, 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 no, from his second to his third. Correct. His, his I third forgot third. about the Nets debacle. That was the debacle. Um, so, uh, Denver Nuggets. Um, Jokic extension, five years, $270 million. I think richest contract um, uh, up to this point. I think, think that's what it was. Um, you, you made the KCP-ish Smith trade. I think KCP is very helpful for them in this iteration. I think he'll be really, really good. Ish Smith less so um the problem is like they've just done some moves that have been very like where i kept like part of it but it, but the overall intention it seems to have been where you know, let's save some let's save some dollar bills um and so that that seems to be the move there uh but i gotta say bruce brown going out to get him paying the money it takes to get bruce brown um on the taxpayer mid-level uh two years um 13.3 mil I gotta say I love that. I outside of, you know, Brooklyn. Obviously, he had a situation, but with that kind of imploding, like him going back there didn't make tons of sense. Like him with a large ball handler, you you just love the inverted pick and roll options um, that that he has on on the short roll. And there's no one better than Jokic. Um, I don't think at making some of that. And guess what? He'll cut really well off ball. Uh, he's gotten better as a catch and shoot guy from specific spots. And so I think that he'll he'll fit in real nicely there in a city of, hey, we haven't really had the defenders we need. Um, let's give KCP and Bruce Brown uh, a, a chance um, there. Davon Reed brought him back as well um, to kind of help in that, you know, defensive mold too. Yeah, I like I like their offseason a lot. I, I You hate the that the motivation comes from money, and it's, very, I, to my, my opinion, very clear of that. Monte Morris, I the way I've def- defined him is he's such he's a very good backup guard, and he's the kind of guy you want to have around. I think a lot of what, what Ricky Rubio did for the uh, the Cavs last year is what Monte Morris can do for a lot of teams as he continues about his NBA career. But I think the end result is like Monte Morris was not a playoff player. He's not the guy you're, like you're going to be playing Jamal Murray 36 to 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. And you drafted Bones Highland. You have KCP. You just added Bruce Brown. And you have a point guard in Nikola Jokic. Like, that backup point guard position might be the least important position on the Nuggets compared to every other team in the NBA, um, assuming Murray can play. Because if backup point guard is pretty important if Murray's out, out. But 
I like everything. You got Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, and um, KCP. That's a good, diverse type of defenders there. That's three good ones. You probably can't play Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon around each other too awful much. But like, you got three really good defenders now. I like that for the different Nuggets. The bad move that they did was they brought in DeAndre Jordan. And oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, that was the worst move of all time. I don't know what you're you doing. Why, why? I mean, Boogie Cousins is still out there. Yes, and exactly. He did. He did. He did his best Jokic impersonation off the bench. If you um, want when, a bad, it. you want a bad defender. Get one who can score at least, right? Isn't that the thing? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that why like Al Jefferson bounced around a couple extra years at the end of his career? Anyway, um, hopefully we just get more Zeke Naji midget minutes, and and maybe and maybe even like Demarcus Cousins like still finds his way out here on a minimum. Like Ugh, we'll see. But yeah, gosh, DeAndre Jordan, like wh- who, who, what does he know? What rooms is he in that he knows all this bad information on people? Because he keeps getting money for no reason. He's he's been bad at the last four places he's been. All right, um, and guess what? The Pistons are paying him a little bit, a little bit of scratch. Um, I, thought, I don't know if that came off the books this year or not. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's I don't know what we did if we stretched it or not. Anyways, um, Pistons. Let's talk about them now. Um, Obviously, they made the uh, um, the trades with the Knicks get to get in Durin and all that, you know, and basically, you know, some some, some extra draft picks and, and and things. And you're bringing your Noel um, and uh, um, Brian Burks too. Um, Kemba Walker, we we said, hey, we don't want you. We don't, we have no no desire for you. Uh, so we, we waived him. Um, I think Noel and Burks. I think you're gonna find those guys. In the rotation early on, I think the goal is to have you know them be the them be the veteran presences um, on the team, along with Kelly Olynyk, and then near the deadline when it turn when 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 the time page turns to um, tanking for for Victor and Scoot um, and the Thompson twins, I think that they'll find themselves being traded onto as expirings, not Kelly Olynyk, but like the others uh, traded as expirings um, to other other teams. And uh, then you'll get more of the young guys uh, down the stretch to make make mistakes and to to do all that. And so I I thought it was fine for me. I know that they've been written as separate deals. Like I feel as of the the Kemba trade, which in my eyes just so clear, like the Pistons so clearly um, won that trade. That like this second trade where it, the Pistons got even less back. It just feels like they were really, if you look at them together, it, it makes sense. It's a pretty equal value trade. Like um, we traded that, that, that future pick that we got from the Blazers, which was the Bucks 2025. Like the Bucks are probably going to be one of the best teams in the league. So Giannis is still on the team. Uh, like basically you have to pick in the late twenties and you got 13 for it for taking on just $9 million of Kimba Walker. But then when you take on $19 million, you just get, basically your own second round pick back because that Miami Heat pick is a fake pick. Um, and so it, just looking at it, that it, it was, I view it all as one. Um, Bagley. Bagley is back. And let me tell you, no one, no one at all around in the world likes this trade. Um, oh, sorry, likes this signing except for Bar- Marvin Bagley and his agent. Um, that's, you know, and I guess Troy Weaver, I I just view it as them looking and saying, hey, it, money doesn't really matter. 
uh, for the next couple of years. We have money coming off the, you know, more of those stretch money coming off the books. And uh, as, as we move forward, it just, you kind of have a crowded front, front court um, is my issue with it. Um, and so I, I just, I don't know who you were bidding against. I think it's just to kind of keep morale high everywhere. <laughs> so there's less grumbling. It's like, hey, Marvin, we're paying you lots of money. Be okay sitting. Or I, I just I don't know if that's if that, that's the deal. Yeah. Uh, and then you, I don't know. I think it's just gonna be so hard to get everyone the appropriate minutes. Like you gotta give Nerlens Noel some minutes to keep him and keep his stock high enough that you don't just give him away for nothing at the deadline. You gotta keep Kelly Olynyk's stock. Like if Kelly Olynyk comes out shooting forty percent from three um, early in the season, people are gonna be interested in that man, even if he might be the piece that you guys are a little bit more okay with keeping and hanging on to. Jalen Duren needs to develop. The guy has got so much talent. He needs to play. Um, Isaiah Stewart, like you, we talked pre-pod about him uh, getting more minutes at the four, and but mm-hmm. he's still going to be in, like he's a very important piece of this development process, um, either to trade trade high or to be a, a starter. And then you have yeah. Marvin Bagley, who all the talent in the world in terms of Ross raw stuff but he's just never been able to finish and he's never been able to shoot and he doesn't care enough to play defense so like where do you fit in i guess your money i guess that's what the money's for is to fit in I no guess. matter what i, I guess you know Toby totally likes to take these gambles like we're, we're taking a gamble on kevin knox who you know last year shot the last couple of years has shot over 35 percent from three um you wouldn't know it because it's been you know it's been kind of but he, he he's the you know, buy low two years, six million dollars. Um, you know, uh, kind of not not gamble, but like reclamation project. It feels like Barbara Bagley's still kind of in that realm. So I just don't know why. Like, why pay so? Much I don't know why it? it was a yeah. Why pay so much? It was a it's a flat deal. All years are guaranteed twelve and a half every single year. Um, so it's not even like declining or anything like that. It's it just it's weird, but yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. Um, it, it it doesn't really matter in the in the grand scheme of things. It's just you don't love seeing that. <laughs> oh well. Go Golden State. Um, obviously you lose Gary Payton II. The the it, it's a lot of money out there. Um, you're you're in the repeater tax, and so you spending. Um, you know, in order to bring Kevon Looney back, three years, twenty five and a half million dollars. Like for every five million dollars you're paying directly to the player you have to pay the rest of the league like 25 million dollars um it ends up being a little bit prohibitive uh and so bringing in Dante DiVincenzo uh two years four and a half million dollars that was uh, a bit less a little bit less money than uh than Portland uh forked over to um uh, Gary Payton II uh so uh I like the way Golden State kind of, I guess, managed this or maneuvered and was able to get DiVincenzo um, as kind of the attempt not close to the defensive player that um, that Gary Payton second is. But, you know, could, if, if he's healthy, um, you know, his offensive situation fit, no better place for him than Golden State, in my opinion. Yeah, D- Dante's a, a ball mover, a shooter. Like all the things have been a little lower than you'd think and or you'd want, um, but he's a he's a basketball player and we we know that he can be a part of a, a team, um, as we saw with the Bucks, 
and Sacramento, I can't hold anything about Sacramento against him. He wasn't healthy at all, so Sacramento is a terrible place to be. Um, you know, and let's not forget, he hasn't played, and who knows if he's ever healthy, but James Wiseman could be back this year as well. That's a kind of its own little ad. Not to mention, even if it's he stinks, you still have a, a, a number that you can trade out to maybe bring someone that can play a little bit better back, um, even if he turns out to be the quote-unquote bust that he's presented as so far. I, I, I think they're in a good spot here. Um, obviously, they're just paying through the nose with it all, but that's not that's their problem, not ours. Yeah, they'll have to make some decisions a year from now when it's Wiggins and Poole uh, time to, to get paid. So. Yep. We'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, and Otto Porter Jr. losing him, but hey, Kaminga's got to start getting minutes. So, um, young guys. Moody can get minutes. Like, there's two different guys who can fill up what he was bringing to the table. Houston Rockets. Um, we already talked about the Wood trade. They brought back Trey Burke, Boban, Marquise Chris, and just a bunch of bleh. But you get a first round pick out of it, which you then flip and turn in eventually into Ty Ty Washington. Seems like a good move. Um, seems like a fine move. Um, Jayshon Tate is back. Three years, $22 million. Uh, obviously, he's a little bit older than Lou Dort, but a similar Lou Dort-esque situation. And I like, I'm just going to say, I like Jayshon Tate back on that deal a little bit more than the, than Lou Dort back on, on his money. Um, it, but, you know, with Houston, with, with what they want to do, they want to be bad. And um, I think that they're going around it, going about it in... In, in, in a reasonable way. I think eventually Jason Tate finds himself traded off of this contract, um, but uh, good on him for, for, you know, fighting and eventually, you know, getting, getting some money. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot of pieces to be plucked from this team as they figure out what they want to have versus what they need. Because mm-hmm. um, there's going to be so many more needs to come from this Rockets team as they are very far away from being good. But they've got some pieces in place with this Jabari Smith being on the team now, and both the guards Porter Jr. and and um, Jalen Green. Like you got some pieces to build with, and Tari Eason looks really athletic and fun. So like they're they're adding and adding. Um, we will see how everything um, grows together. Indiana Pacers, um, obviously, all the stuff they got back from the Brogdon trade, Neesmith and Tice probably be, probably probably being the the most well known. Nick Stauskas, he's there too. Um, I don't know how many of these guys they're going to actually hold on to or keep or which ones will get waived and all that stuff. But um, the interesting thing is you bring back Jalen Smith and you bring him back, according to Rick Carlisle, to be the starting power forward. Seems a bit rich to me in my in my estimation. I I think that that points to it's going to be a tanking year um, in uh in Indiana, but hey, you know what? Alkin and, uh, and I are looking forward to the draft next year too. So there's is what it is. The one thing I will say, the thing I like about this this t- Pacers team coming up, it, obviously Chris Duarte is old, not a young guy, but he's a young player in the league. Um, you got him, Matherin, Hal Burton, Heald, Neesmith. That's several guys who have shooting pedigree. Um, I think that breeds. With for Tyree specifically, a really nice ground to get better to play with a lot of different looks. Um, you're right, Jalen Smith starting power forward. Um, I question, but if Miles Turner is on the move and that's part of a tanking action, 
Like when you're talking, if Isaiah Jackson is a starting center, which where he has a lot more mobility, and Jalen Smith a little bit more cement footed, but he's the power forward. Whatever, it's fine. Um, you're right. I think tanking is on the agenda for this team, um, and that's what uh, Jalen Smith. Though I will say, like as much as I don't think he's a very good player, he played a lot better once he got to Indiana, and there's an NBA career in there. Starting power forward, I disagree. The Los Angeles Clippers. Um, basically, th- first of all, this is the team that's paying the most money this year. Uh, Ballmer does not care about his own his own uh, wallet. It's too huge to, to care about. Um, the dents that are going in it, uh, bringing Zubak back on more money, uh, Amir Coffee back on more money, and Batum back on more money. This seems to be like the, hey, we got you in the minimum for a few years, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and now you're back and we're paying you some, some, um, some bucks. Uh, John Wall, bringing him in um, for the taxpayer mid-level. I think it's fine. However, I, I do wonder if there's going to be a little bit of conflict about roles. Um, Randy Jackson thinks that he is him. So does John Wall. Uh, so I li- literally saw, come across Twitter timeline this morning, um, John Wall going out and saying that, uh, he, and I quote, you tell me the third best defender is going to have to guard me? Good luck. It's a lot. It's a lot uh, coming from a man who's not played in a little while. We'll have to see. I'm not sure he's the best point guard on his own team, but I think that it's a fine gamble. Yeah. Um, and for a team that has championship hopes, and I think it might might enter in near the top of the championship favorites. Yeah, I I think they're really talented, and you look at the way that they can put together all kinds of different lineups. Like you could play a, a lineup with literally five guys who are six seven or six eight, and you really wouldn't be giving up a lot other than ball handling. But Paul George should be able to handle all of that. And then you can play lineups with with some guards who aren't small. We're talking about John Wall, Terrence Mann, or I mean, even Luke Kennard as a not not short guard. He's not very good defender, but he's not small. Like you have a lot of versatility out here. I would like to see them get. I I I think it would be worth it. Maybe they would disagree, but like a rim running big, I think could really complete out this team's regular season. And you don't need them in the playoffs, but I think in terms of saving some Morris body, saving some Batum body, saving Robert Covington, all these older guys saving their legs for the postseason when you're gonna need them more. I would like they should find a minimum guy like a, like a business beyond for the Suns, like they just need someone to go in there eat some center legit center minutes and i think this team is a incredible finals favorite let's get to a team that's well probably people have paid more for them being for them winning the finals than they should have and that's gonna be the los angeles lakers um uh i gotta say um there are parts that i like think are fine and there's parts that i don't like it's rob polinka time of course this is how it goes um uh let me tell you what i like like Wantos Wantos kind of anderson um i think it's a great fit for him damian jones seems fine guess what two years minimum love it troy brown jr minimum deal we love those lonnie walker for the taxpayer mid-level on a one-year deal not sure what he does particularly well like if you got him on the minimum i'd say it's good i'd say it's great but this seems to be a misuse of 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 that but guess what it can all all the problems and issues can go away if this team somehow gets 
Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook. Um, and especially if maybe they only have to get rid of one first round pick, who knows? Um, I don't know how much it'll actually cost in the end. Uh, but you know, at the moment, until that trade is made, don't love where the Lakers are. I think they're basically exactly where they were um, a year ago. Maybe they've jumped up a slight level, depending on you know a couple of teams falling in the West. But the West is going to be a bloodbath. Um, and I think Lakers are, are in the play-in range again. The improvements I see are the ones you mentioned. These guys on their value contracts coming here to hopefully – play with LeBron James, have a good year, and go from there. I I actually don't hate Lonnie Walker at a mid-level. I hate him at a mid-level for one season. Because if you're going to get bring Lonnie Walker in and he is your developmental project, what are you bringing him in for one season for when you won't have bird rights to keep paying him properly, right? If he does as well as you think he's going to be for that mid-level contract, you're going to lose him next season. That's the problem. I like Lonnie Walker a lot. I don't think he had has had a better career than Malik Monk was coming into last year. And Malik Monk got a minimum, so I'm a little confused. But I like Lonnie Walker. And I think he's going to play well for the Lakers. I He's had a down shooting. like He's been inconsistent with his shooting. Um, but I, I like him. I think he's a great athlete. I'm, I'm a Lonnie Walker fan. I am not. Um, I – so – I think the problem is, like, I would much rather have had Bruce Brown on this team. Um, and especially if I know that Kyrie Irving trade is in the works, like, please. I think that would be a, a, a pretty good fit. The problem is you couldn't go the full taxpayer mid-level. You have to go a little bit less than that. Why? Uh, because, again, you're cheap. Um, and you need to have, um, like, a portion of the mid-level. Not not totally cheap, but it's like you have to spend some money on Max Christie, um, and because he's going to be part of your actual rotation, um, and so you that has to come out of the taxpayer mid level if you're offering uh, those contracts, and so you couldn't get all the way there, um, but this is what you see from teams that are taxpayers like Milwaukee did the same thing with Joe Ingles, um, and it, it's that a little bit less than the taxpayer so that we can use that money to sign someone to a rookie minimum. Um, and, you know, that that's what's happened. Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so they went out and uh, gave Ja that, that five-year rookie Rose Rule extension. Um, so 192 million, but it can go up as high as, you know, like 231 or I, I, something. I don't know if exactly what it is, but it, it can go up if he makes uh, the All-NBA teams. We'll see when all of that comes out a little more. Trade away Milton um, for basically Danny Green's contract to make the money work and got David Roddy out of that. Um, I, I like David Roddy. He's interesting. Uh, you know, the Grizz have done a really good job of getting kind of the cast-off misfits um, that people didn't like. like De- people didn't like Desmond Bain because his arms were too short. Um, but man's, man's one of the top shooters in the, in, in the entire league. Um, and, you know, we, we love Desmond Bain here on this podcast. Uh, but, you know, you get David Roddy, kind of weird, you know, weird, weird-bodied man. Um, you, you, you went out and got uh, Jake LaRavia, um, who people like. But, again, it's, it's like draft Twitter darlings. Um, and then the, Kenny Lofton Jr. 
the the darling of them all, <laughs> also on the Grizz Summer League. We'll see. We'll see if he makes the roster or two way. I don't know what happens uh, with him, but um, you know, did all did all that. Brought back Tyus Jones, John Conchar. I think it's fine for the Grizz, um, but again, the West is getting a lot better, and Jaron Jackson Jr. going down, gonna be out for probably not back at the start of the season. <sighs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You're just this team's just going to need a lot of growth from in internal. Like Zaire Williams is going to need to have a, a, a good season mm-hmm. this year. He's going to need to show something, maybe something that enables them to trade even Dylan Brooks to get a better player in there. Because gosh, when you have to, if you have to pay Dylan Brooks after this coming season, you're in a, you're in some trouble, I think, in terms of money and uh, how you get better. So I'm I'm what I'm rooting for is um, Zaire Williams to really kill it, and for a Dylan Brooks paired with a Danny Green trade at the deadline to get someone that's good and worth some money is what I would like to see. Yeah, we'll see. They've been a little bit hesitant to break up the culture there, and I think yeah. that's that's what prohibited them from going out and making a splash with anyone um, this offseason. And so um, we will we'll see how that goes. Speaking of culture, Miami Heat, <laughs> um, I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. Uh, just running it back without PJ Tucker, and it's a bummer that he's going to be gone because he's a very important type of role player. Um, in terms of what else has happened, I mean, I think the the rookie Jovic is going to be a, a proper style. Like, he's got a, a good looking shot. He's tall, put some culture in him, and maybe he'll be big enough to do all the things. Um, love Caleb Martin coming back. Love that Struess is still on the team. Like I know he wasn't going anywhere, but like. I guess with some of the trade talks, like he could still be on the way if for some reason they ever got back into it with Durant or um, Kyrie Mitchell as well, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think that he just did what they could. I, you gotta keep, you just gotta, I, you'd almost like to, I actually think Victor Oladipo's money is part of trade thoughts. I think they just said, well, how much can we pay him? That's reasonable. Okay. Let's give him that. And, We'll pay a little more cash, and we'll hopefully have a guy we can trade. Or if he plays up to it, that's great. That's fine. And if he doesn't, like, what were you going to do? Just save money? I uh, am moving to Milwaukee. I don't want to read all the stuff you wrote um, because – Run it back. Luca Valdoza or Ray John Tucker. Bobby Portis paid him. Good job. Exciting. Um, Joe Ingles. I got to say, didn't love this one either. In the similar mold to what, you know – the Lonnie Walker thing, same contract, one year. But the man's coming off of, you know, man's old. Coming off of an ACL injury that he had like halfway through the year. Wasn't athletic be before that. Exactly. Like, I just, I, I worry a little bit that that's, that's just wasted money. Um, I, I like bringing back everyone else. I think that's fine. You know, you think if you look at it, you, you think to yourself, Milton does, doesn't go down. We might be champions again. Um, or, you know, would it look better? But we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see how it goes uh, there. But that's as much as airtime as I want to give the Bucks. Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Kyle Anderson took him from Memphis, right? Uh, someone who might be able to have filled in the four responsibly for Memphis with Jaron Jackson Jr. out. Um, he's gone. He's now in Minnesota. And I liked the move at the beginning. You know, I think that he fits well next to Cat. If Cat's playing the five, Kyle Anderson can play. You know, the, the four competently, especially since, um, well, you know, you brought back Torian Prince, all that's fine. But especially since he traded out um, 
Vanderbilt, I guess. Like Kyle Anderson kind of takes that role better on offense, worse on defense, but like kind of takes some of those. I don't know. Obviously, the big thing here is Rudy Gobert, and my thoughts have been have been mentioned. Don't know if you want to give any thoughts on Rudy Gobert um, for the Timberwolves, Ethan. What do you think? Terrible. Okay. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Rudy Gobert is a good basketball player. Uh, I don't know how he fits with Carlton Towns like in terms of a proper winning formula. I guess if um, Kevin Love and J- Jared Allen can do it, and if Ke- uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley can do it, you would think that these two guys could figure it out as well. Um, Jared Allen's a little bit more mobile. Not as good a rim protector, though. Like, I guess there's a template in place, but I'm just not sure that it makes the most sense for a championship. Basically, I think this is just the biggest bet ever on Anthony Edwards being able to do everything for this team. And I'm not saying that he can't. He's gotten better every time we've seen him, I think. Um, It's just a bet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, The New Orleans Pelicans gave Zion the max. And, uh, you know, big, big money there. Um, They had to do it. Don't know how much there is to discuss about that. They had to They had to do that. Basically, they just did nothing. And you know what? I love it for them. What did the, a good decision. What did the Pelicans need to do? They've done so much player acquisitions here in the last little yeah. bit. Like, there's nothing they need to do to other than keep people happy and sign the big man to a big extension. Why not? Yeah. New York Knicks. Obviously, Jalen Brunson. We kind of talked about that before, you know them going out again because guess what we've known about it for forever um i love the isaiah hartenstein but then he's kind of the backup because you bring mitchell robertson back on big dollars i i don't i don't know uh we'll we'll have to see that that like that one um felt marvin bagley-esque to me um but uh i think it's fine i think we'll have to wait another year before i know kind of if these moves, like, this can't be it. Like, there's something else down the pipeline for the Knicks. We'll have to see what that is before I can know exactly how I feel about their moves this offseason. The way I was thinking about it, and the way I heard, I think, some other NBA people talk about it, is basically Mitchell Robinson kind of did them a favor by not bolting when free agency opened up as they were moving monies and making things happen. So I think they just cut him a nice fat check to like, say thanks for your service and not, you know, blowing up our spot. I would have said, feel free to blow it up. Like, please. That's, that's fair. Like, just let him go. Like, I like, I, I think that Hartenstein can do a little bit more, but again, it's a Tibbs defense. You need to have your, your huge lumbering big, um, who can, protect the rim. Uh, now that New Orleans Noel is no longer there uh, as well. So seems fine. Oklahoma City. Lou Dort, five years, a lot of money. 82 mil, $82.5 million, Mike Vizcala back. But, I mean, the, the moves there is just like, they got to pay, you know, Shea's getting his money, got to pay someone else, I guess. Um, they, they did this so that they could kind of bring him back um, long term. And it's the youth movement. I just think that OKC is going to be a little bit better than they might want to be, um, uh, unless they 
again, intentionally shut it down. And that's kind of, we, we saw them have some friskiness last year for a little while, and then Shea started missing a lot more games. Every little thing that could happen, he was not playing. So, you know, um, I think there's a contract that's not going to hamper a team. So, like, I don't mind. Whatever the number, it could have been $10 million more, and I'd been like, that's fine still. Yeah. Boiling the Magic. Bull Bull, back on a tiny deal, don't care. Mo Bamba and Gary Harris brought back two-year deals. Um, and actually, Harris might have been an extension. And uh, regardless, um, these seem like very tradable contracts. They have a kind of unique situation or a situation kind of like the Mavericks. Like, we're like, oh, man, there's a lot of players who would expect playing time. You look at the Magic roster, and it's a lot of that, too, just with less established players. Um, They've pulled back my... They pulled back my famous lineup. There's a lot of NBA players on that team. They're not good, yeah, but, but there's a lot of NBA <laughs> players on that team. <laughs> it, 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 it would seem. And so I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, some people aren't going to get minutes. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe some of them are just going to be injured, and that's what's going to happen. That seems to be happening with Orlando all the time. But the, I don't know. Those are two players that I had like kind of earmarked as like these guys would be good little heat players to come in and if we could get rentals on them not sure that there's really that option as it currently stands but i'm looking at that and that looks like a lot like a duncan robinson salary if we can find a little working room um and i might not hate that yeah i don't know if i I don't know why i do that necessarily from them oh well who knows well they're the magic (laughs) yeah all right philadelphia 76ers um james harden taking less money um uh, maybe kind of the way he fig- figures it is, hey, let's go ahead and get in Peter Tucker. Let's bring him in. I, I want to win a championship. Like p- people have been giving me, you know, a lot of of blowback for kind of how I've handled the past situations. Let me get a little bit of goodwill in there and do kind of a one one plus one, so that you know if we're successful or whatever, I can get right back out there and and get that long term money at a, at a bigger dollar figure. Maybe I lose yet, yeah, so ten million dollars this year. If you have a good season because you're playing relatively well with a lot of good people around you, people will offer me all of that money back and more yeah. um, as the cap still keeps going up. So, not, not to mention, the man has a big Adidas contract. Like These are things that everyone factors in. Like I'm not saying that he is taking less money because of his Adidas contract. He's taking less money because he wanted P.J. Tucker back on his side. And Daryl Morey and and Daryl Morey and James Harden have a good enough relationship that if Daryl tells James he's going to do something, James is probably going to listen to Daryl more so than Sean Marks or even a Pat Riley if James Harden had ever ended up in Miami. Like those two are at the hip. Daryl Morey has told the world that James Harden's the best player in that ever existed. So. Like, yeah, he's going to trust it. I don't know if you ran through the rest of these signings. I didn't, but also this kind of allowed some of that stuff to take place too. Daniel House uh, Jr. and then uh, Trevlin Queen. Um, they, again, P.J. Tucker, sorry, James Harden kind of had to do this, take that little, or, you know, take that pay cut so that, you know, P.J. Tucker offering him the full um, mid-level exception. Now, the taxpayer won the full mid-level exception um, means you, had, you get hard capped. And so in order to bring these other guys in, that's, you know, him taking that little money allows you to have Shake Milton, allows you to have um, a Dino House Jr. So you, you are able to have a competent, capable rotation, and I think this is um, an Eastern Conference contender. 
every team needs um, health to win yeah. a tournament. And basically, they're now banking on Maxi and Harden staying healthy because I don't see a lot of play creators on this team now. D'Anthony Melton is not a point guard. He's a very similar to Danny Green, in fact, where he's kind of like a defensive guard that can slash and shoot a little bit. But for anyone thinking he's a backup point guard, they're, they just need to be better acquainted with Tyrese Maxey. That's what his role will be on this team. He'll start probably, but he should be leading second units. Get the stagger right, Doc. Let me just say, they're doing me a favor because D'Anthony Melton, I have consistently mixed up with Shake Milton, um, <laughs> uh, and now they're both in the same team. So, I, it, you know, I, I, I know I, I know that they're both kind of there. Yeah. Um, Phoenix, obviously, you know, well, first of all, they were able to bring back Devin Booker on, you know, long-term extension. Designated Great. player extension. Yep. Um, then basically it's, they're just kind of getting the back end roster, you know, minimums, Bismack, Biombo, Damian Lee, Josh Kogi, right. Um, uh, Jock Landale, right. So they're just kind of filling out the rest and kind of just in limbo again, waiting on, you know, Kevin Durant is coming. Um, we've got Aiden who now that, Indiana's created some space. It's like, could they just go out and sign him an offer sheet? I don't know. It's kind of a weird time for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I like the Josh Okogie signing a lot for them. I just looked at a lot of their wings from last year, and they were all solid. A lot of them pretty good. Obviously, Bridges, not talking about him. But I like that they have a guy who is a quote-unquote defensive option now, whereas I don't think they had a true defensive option other than Bridges previously. Well, I mean, they went and traded for, like, the guard version, right, Holiday, um, but halfway through this, the year, and then at, at having making a push, you know, a playoff push um, for Aaron Holiday, you know, Aaron Holiday's there, and it's like, it didn't quite, he is never there, really got Aaron Holiday defensive guard? guard? I mean, they, they, they brought him in the guard, guard, you know, I feel like point he guard size. Came, I thought he was just came, campaign insurance. Like, I'm looking at Okoki as, like, when you're when you're trying to close a team out or you're trying to make a comeback, you can trust Booker and Chris Paul to keep the offense going. Sometimes you just need that other guy to keep them from scoring. And so something Nate Duncan talks about a lot is if you actually need to make a comeback, don't play all offense, play all defense. Because these are all NBA players that can still score. Not every NBA player can, can guard anyone. And I think that's one of the better points I've ever heard him make. It's really Portland. Smart. Get to Portland. Uh, Grant trade, obviously. We already talked about how they brought in Gary Payton the second, um, brought Nurk back, four years, seventy mil. Anthony Simons, four years, a hundred million dollars. Um, a little rich, a little, a little bit, um, a little rich for it being. I don't know that soon. I, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot. But hey, you're you're doing the retool around around Dame and. Mm, I don't know. How, how did you, being in Portland, how do you feel about it? What well, was the general consensus? I think we can all agree that that sounds like a little too much money. I think I think everyone would say that. But we talked about this a little bit with Marvin Bagley earlier, right? Where you're paying him a little bit of money to make sure you're down with the cause. And I don't know. I think Anthony Simons will start on this team. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Um, but I think there could be a situation there could be a time this year where someone comes available or someone steps up and makes a lot of sense in a starting lineup and that Anthony still plays 30 minutes a game or more but maybe doesn't start and I think that's what the money's for like I could see I could see a world where Gary Payton Jr. um Gary Payton the second the second the second Gary Payton the second 
gets to the point where he like they're like, yo, like he is helping us keep that star player off the board in the first quarter so well. He should start and then let Ant get in here as like the other team makes their first substitutions. Or if Josh Hart, for example, could be that guy. Josh Hart is a good defensive guard. There could be a Damian Lillard, Josh Hart starting backcourt and Anthony Simons coming off the bench. Maybe later in the game, Josh Hart slides down to the three. You play all the, as good of offensive team you can. I just think there's a world where he doesn't start this first year. And that's what the money's for to keep him a little bit more in on the things. Like, hey man, we're paying you. We just think this is the best course of action. Sacramento Kings. Malik Monk bringing him in, reuniting the uh, Kentucky backcourt. We love it. Um, man, I don't know how much I love it, but sure. Uh, Kevin Herter, getting, you need wing-sized guys. Hey, he's a wing-sized person, and um, I like him against the Kings. We'll see. Um, Trey Lyles opted in. Of course he did. Way to go, Troy Weaver. Um, and Mike Brown, new coach. Uh, they're going to make a push, but the West is going to be very difficult. So uh, congratulations to your... 11th seed, Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I, I I like a lot of what this team's done in little segments, but I just don't see the guy who kind of makes it all click. Like I don't see that being Sabonis. I don't see that being Barnes. I don't see that being the new uh, new newly drafted Keegan Murray. But a lot of a lot of players that I think would be great for picking apart if uh, if this team has any injury woes and just they realize they need to pack it in. But I feel like their, yeah. their draft situation is not in as good a situation as they should be for as bad of a team as they are. Yeah. The San Antonio Spurs, obviously, beginning of the tank, traded for Gallo and they waived him. Uh, Murray out, obviously. As Roby claimed him up waivers. Um, is it the, hey, Roby was kind of the small ball five out in, um, you know, before they brought it in Chet? Maybe. Hey, he's our small ball five. Before we bring in Victor Wembanyama, that like seems like it's the the attempt there. Uh, Gordon Jang also into the minimum, so weird weird times. But it's just a blow it up. I don't know how much more needs to be said for them. But. No, but I I, would, I do want to say this though. They got a lot of guys who I think can still be flipped for talent if they start producing. Like you got, uh, I think three really fun before we even get to this this year's drafts. Three really fun guards that you... I mean, I'm probably a little too high on Romeo Langford for fun reasons. But like between J- J- Trey Jones, Josh Primo, and Romeo, not to mention the other guys they just drafted, I like that as a little fun backcourt to w- keep an eye on. I like Devin Vassell. Love him. Keldon Johnson, up, pretty obsessed. And then you got Pirtle and Zach Collins. It's like they should be able to put together a decent center rotation. Like, I think it's one of those teams that has a lot of fun, is a lot of fun to watch, and they don't win very many games at all. Like, there's a lot of fun to watch. Jeremy Shohan out here guarding everyone. Again, this is a team I think League Pass is going to be a good time for. I don't think so. I think it's going to be bad. Um, and I think there's I fun players I, I, here. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be that fun. I think. I think when you actually see the the them all together i got a buddy who's um who just moved to san antonio he just got season tickets and then the john day murray trade occurred and now he's sad and so i just it's i think it's gonna be a slog i think it's gonna be bad offense um oof. i think i think i think, I think it's gonna be bad offense is what it's, what it's gonna be okay i'll be happy you be sad i mean 
Listen, I think it's it's fine. It's, they're they want they want to tank. It's going to be a tanking team. We'll say that. Uh, Toronto Raptors, um, again, just tripling, quadrupling, quintupling down on six eight ish uh, guys and um, DJ Wilson, Chris Boucher, Otto Porter Jr., Thad Young. It's just it's the whole. It's what it is. Yeah. I like I like I like their offseason a lot. I think they didn't have a big swing to make, but I don't think they. I felt, do. Oh, they have, the they, Kevin, not made it. The Kevin Durant swing could still be in the in in the options. I I agree with you. But like what I'm saying is, you know, I was hoping that OG was going to be a Blazer, right? I still would mm-hmm. like to see that, and I thought that was always a crazy rumor and a crazy thought. So the way what I'll say about the Raptors is they haven't fumbled the bag. They still have all the pieces and. Like, I think they've done as good as they can, barring getting Kevin Durant, which would be better. Like, I think they've done everything they can to be in the right spot right now. Utah Jazz. Um, we've talked about the Gobert trade ad nauseum. Um, it seems as though all signs are saying, hey, uh, they're not moving Donovan Mitchell at least this off offseason. Um, we'll see by the time the deadline rolls around. But then again, it's going to be the... Uh, there's been rumors about, you know, the All-Star game is in Utah, and and could you trade Donovan Mitchell right before that? I don't uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I feel like they're going to give it a try, at least for this year, with Donovan Mitchell and the new coach and see what happens. Um, it just, there's a lot, now a lot of just random pieces, and um, because you had such an unbalanced one for, like, four, five trade, um, to, to, to make the money work like Walker Kessler hey he's a rookie probably gonna play set probably gonna play center for them might be starting center who knows um you got Jared Vanderbilt uh who I think some teams would like to get their hands on Malik Beasley uh Patrick Beverly I mean I think Patrick Beverly is a better fit next to uh um uh Donovan Mitchell than Conley is at this stage um at least you know ha- needing a defensive presence Bulmaro could get I I love what they did um, in the reboot, we'll just have to see kind of how, what steps do they take for this point forward? Yeah. And I, if they want to stick around with Mitchell, I think the best thing to do, in fact, would be to send off Patrick Beverly, like get, just keep bringing in more youth, more picks, Bat- Beverly gone, Conley, whatever you want to do with him. He doesn't really matter. He's old enough that, and makes too much money. But I think like an eventual starting lineup, um, by the end of the season for this team, if they were wanting to keep Mitchell, is Mitchell at the one, Beasley at the two, and figure out the rest from there. But they don't have enough defense for any of it to matter because the one thing that played defense for him is no longer there. Yeah. Now we get to... Uh, we see, we see the best for, for last. Bradley Beal. Sign him that... Uh, the max. And... Uh, super, super, super max, as it were, actually. And he got everything. No no trade clause. First one in a long time that, since basically Carmelo Anthony have a true no trade clause. Um, 50% trade kicker. Um, got the player option on the last year of the deal. Mark Barlstein is a wizard. Um, and he out-wizarded the wizards. So uh, you got him back. Um, we, we talked about the... Uh, Monty Morris, Will Barton trade. They need a point guard. I think Monty Morris. I think is a good good move by them in that regard. Great move. Um, uh, Delon Wright. I think it's fine getting him in there. I just 
they have a lot of just guys and players and again where do the minutes go to Porzingis is on this team I don't know where this is a team that's again desperately trying for the 11 seed this is Sacramento Kings East in my opinion um better than the Kings but like same same general same energy yeah yeah so I think that the reason that KCP trade was so good, um, not because because KCP is a good player and like he'd help this team be a better pl- team day to day, but Monte Morris is going to be a good starting guard, steady in hand. DeLon Wright coming in as a backup guard, that's another good like little signing here. And I think trading out KCP is going to enable them to find out what they have in Corey Kisper. It's going to let them find out what they have in their newly drafted Johnny Davis. Will Barton can still help out in that little KCP role. Um, obviously not the same defensively, but probably uh, probably helps them a little bit as they don't have as many ball handlers on this team. Um, I just think it's really interesting, like kind of like when you get down to the front court rotation, because Rui is a pretty straight power forward. And Kuzma should be a power forward, but he's shown a little bit of ability to handle and create for himself. So does he get more small forward minutes? Didn't he have Dia? I think a guy that you really need to be paying attention to because I see flashes of him being a good defender and a ball mover. And I don't know what his shot shooting splits were last year, but like he seems like a guy I wouldn't be letting minutes slip away from. But then you still got Porzingis and Gafford. Gafford's a start, a straight center. Porzingis should be a straight center with how many power forward sized people they have. But how do you make the minutes all work? So this team has Corey too Kispert. many. Oh, yeah, I'm um, talking about Kispert. And then, when I... and yeah. then, sorry, Johnny, Johnny Davis. Yeah, like, you get, like yeah. I don't know where you get all the minutes from. Yeah, like, like you would think that they would just kind of take the KCP ones, but then you realize that Will Barton's going to be coming here and as well. So like. Yeah, you have a bunch of guys who are not that good, but that need minutes to find out what they are or to keep them happy or to deal them. Like you're talking about the older players to deal them. You're talking about the younger players to find out if they're available, like to be a, a real player for you. I don't think it's a great situation, um, which is something we've said about Washington. I think the entire time I've been alive. Yeah. Well, Ethan, we've made it free agency A to, a to Z. Yep. Free agency A to Z. Excited, excited to watch some more summer league as the the things progress. Um, happy basketballs around. Happy to be golfing in the beautiful weather of July in in, in Oregon. So good times had by all. <laughs> <laughs>